We are going to be in the book of Revelation, chapter 22, verse 17. Then we're going to skip down to verse 20 and 21. This morning I want to speak about the Spirit and the Bride say come. The Spirit and the Bride say come. Revelation 22, verse 17, and then skip to verse 20 through 21. Beginning with verse 17. And the Spirit and the Bride say come. I want you to notice that there is an exclamation point behind that. They say not come, but come. The Spirit and the Bride say come. And let him who hears say come. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take of the water of life freely. Verse 20 through 21. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, Lord Jesus, come. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. What a great chapter this is, by the way. I want to encourage you to go home and to read chapter 22 of Revelation. It is an amazing chapter. At the beginning of it, there is a glorious description of what heaven is going to be like. I mean, streets of gold, gates of pearl, the tree of life, the river of life running down through the middle of that city forever in the presence of the Lord, and it tells us face to face with God. Something that Moses could not even ever experience, but you and I, that will excite us. We'll be able to become and go into the very presence of God, that Shekinah glory that we talk about, that, that presence that every once in a while we feel, but now we will live eternally in the presence and in the power of God. And there are good things awaiting his children. There are good things awaiting the children of the king. As we look at this chapter, we can become excited and encouraged that heaven is going to be a beautiful and amazing place more than we can ever comprehend. And I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to it. Amen? Amen. The more people in my family and my loved ones who go on before me, it almost makes me jealous. And I know that we're not supposed to be jealous. But I look forward to a day whenever uh, I am called home, whether it be through the grave or whether the Lord said, uh, arise and the trumpet of God sounds. And we who are alive are called up and, uh, to meet those who are in the grave, who have arisen before us. I'm excited about the Lord's coming and about meeting him and being with my loved ones in heaven. And the Bible from the very beginning to the very end tells us that Jesus is coming. Every book of the Bible speaks of Jesus. It tells us of his amazing grace. It tells us of his love. It tells us the gospel message. And here in this last chapter, the Lord reminds us. He says three times in this chapter, I am coming quickly. Quickly. It is the Greek word Tahu, which means to be by surprise or suddenly. Three times it says, I am coming quickly. And as we look at that, I want us 
to understand that it does not mean that I am coming quickly from a time, a distance, a line, if you will. But what it means is that I am coming when no one expects it. It is an unexpected return of the Lord, and He comes, and there is no warning. He comes unexpectedly, but He comes for the children of God. And my brothers and sisters, we can see the signs that they
But there's just something about when the Holy Spirit shows up and, and it begins to convict and begins to uh, tell us how we're not living right before the Lord. If we're not saved, but he also begins to work inside the Christian and he'll do the same kind of thing. And he'll say, come a little closer to the Father. Come grow in the Lord. Come uh, be filled with the Spirit. Come and, and just draw closer to the Lord. That's what the Holy Spirit does. You see, the Holy Spirit would have you to be closer to Jesus. Our pastor, Brother Kelly, used to say there's a deeper depth and a higher height. And you see, if we are not careful, if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to do his job and to evangelize us and to uh, put a, a coal upon our lips and to set us on fire, then my friends, we will grow stale, we will grow cold, we will become satisfied and, and there's nothing wrong with being satisfied us of becoming lukewarm. The spirit is often represented by fire. It is God's fire inside of us. If we have grown cold, the Holy Spirit will stir us. It will set us on fire. It will, the, the winds of the Holy Spirit, I, I love the symbolism of the Holy Spirit in the scriptures because it is the winds of the Holy Spirit that will begin to blow. Even if they're cold become uh, not they're not white but there's just a little bit of fire in there if you begin to blow upon the fire and the holy spirit begins to blow upon you and begin to revive that fire inside of you before long you are on fire for the lord before long you can shout come lord jesus come you before long you can witness to your neighbors and to your friends you see man i'm spitting all over the place this morning uh, the lord oh hallelujah god is is flowing through his spirit in us this morning. I say when they come, Holy Spirit, who can come to the Lord? Who is allowed to come? The scripture tells us that anyone who hears can come. The letters to the church that Jesus had written in Revelation say those who have ears to hear, let them hear. You see, we must be open and receptive to the gospel message in order for it to change us. It is the word of God that we truly hear and that we truly receive that will change us. It accomplishes what his word was sent to do. My friends, the word of God is powerful. It will change you. It will change. We see it every Sunday morning. But I want us to understand that it is the word of God that creates and recreates inside of us and changes. Spirit says, come. How do you come? You open up this right here, and you begin to read it. You begin to digest it. You begin to make it a part of your life, a part of your study. But you also show up to church. Yes, Pastor did go there. 
Because there is a difference, my friends, in reading the Word of God and hearing it preached and taught under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. There is just something uh, that, that changes as we come together and we have set an appointed time to learn about our Lord and Savior and to be changed in His presence and by His Word. And so the anointing begins to move across the congregation as the Word of God is preached. The Holy Spirit wants to do something with the Word that has, you have been given. So God give us ears to hear. For faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. What does that say? That faith, that hearing the word should elicit a response in our lives. I believe, therefore, I obey and I do what God's called me to do. You see, it is because we believe. Who else can come? The Spirit says, come. Who else can come? Those who are thirsty. Have you ever truly been thirsty? Have you ever gone a long time without a drink of water? Have you ever exercised and forgot your water bottle? I do that. My wife says, you forgot your water bottle again. Thank God they have a water fountain in that place because you get awful thirsty. And my friends, when you're in this world and you're overcome uh, by the enemy and he's trying to take advantage of you and just the whole world system, you begin to get the thirst heaven and you begin to get a thirst for the Lord Jesus Christ and you begin to get a thirst for his word and there is something about a spiritual thirst we need a thirst those who thirst can come it was the woman at the well Jesus met her there a divine appointment and he told her that if you had known who you were talking to you could have asked for this living water and I could have given it to you. And she said this, give me of this water. That's a spiritual thirst. She didn't really even understand fully what she was asking. But my friends, could we cry out today, God, give me of this river of living water. Feed my soul, Lord. Come and Quench my thirst, oh God, in your spirit. Come and, and feed me, come and, and, and give me what I need the most in my spirit. You see, we need to have a spiritual thirst. The problem is that we've already been filled up with too many things of the world. The Samaritan woman, when she found what she was really looking for, she laid down her water pot. And she went to tell somebody else about Jesus. The spirit inside of us is quickened when we are fed and watered well. Uh, don't you perform better when you're well fed? Sometimes we get too well fed. Too much, uh, too much natural food. Who can come? Those who are thirsty. See, that woman found what she had always desired. She had filled up her life with husband after husband and relationship after relationship. And what she really needed was a drink of the living water. Who else can come? Whoever desires, that is the best news I've heard this morning. Whosoever will can come to the Lord. 
And it is the Spirit who indiscriminately draws people to Christ. For the Spirit does not care if you are black or white or brown or yellow. The Spirit does not care. He draws indiscriminately. The Spirit does not care if you are young or if you are old or if you are in the middle. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in God's sight. My friends, the Spirit draws whosoever will. We must have a desire to know the Lord. Whosoever will, let him come and drink deeply of the water of life. It is an open invitation. And we ought to be thankful it's open. Because we would have never qualified. We were never good enough. We could never earn it. Whosoever will may come. But notice, and this is where the Spirit has just been quickening and make, making this work come alive. Notice it is not just the spirit that says come. It is also the bride. The bride says come. Who is the bride, my friends? We are the bride. The bride of Christ. We are the church. And so it's not just the spirit of God that is drawing people. Oh, yes, he is. But the spirit of God is also using us in order for us to open our mouth and invite people and tell people about Jesus and witness to people and tell them how good God's been to us and how God set us free and how God set our feet upon a rock and a sure foundation. You see, we need to open up our mouth and say, come, old world, come to Jesus. It is the best good news you have ever heard about Jesus. We have a duty and an obligation to tell people about Christ. When I wrote this question, I wrote it to myself. How can we have the gift of God's grace and eternal life and not have the audacity or the courage to ask others to come to Christ? We have been given so much. And if we don't tell others to come, it is the most selfish thing that we could ever do to keep this good news within ourselves. There's an urgency. Notice the exclamation point. Notice the urgency that the spirit and the bride says come. There is an urgency that Jesus is coming and he's coming suddenly and he's coming without warning. And we must tell others to come to Jesus. We must have such an alert? Are we warning the lost to come to Jesus? Or have we been rocked to sleep by the world and the world system? The world system says, look out for yourself. Make sure that you've got enough. And then, then maybe if you get to the point where you've got enough, you can share with somebody else. But that is not what the word of God says. We're to look out for our name. Cain asked God, am I my brother's keeper? And the answer is yes. Yes, you are. My mother-in-law the other day, we had put a prayer request on the little site where, called Prayer Warriors. 
unspoken request. And she made the comment, we need to pray, for we are our brother's keeper. There is a duty placed upon us who know Christ to become our brother's keeper. Especially, my friends, I'm not just talking about the natural. Yes, we need to help people have food and water and clothing and all those things. But the most important thing that you can ever give somebody is a chance to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So the bride says, come. The bride says, come. Satan doesn't want you to believe that Jesus can come at any moment. Especially doesn't want you to act on it. So let me just ask you like I asked myself, when is the last time that you witnessed to someone? A friend, a loved one, a family member. See, I, I believe that that saying, the spirit and the bride say come, that we can look at it as a commandment of the Lord. Not a suggestion. Come, the time is nigh. Come, for his return will come unexpectedly. Come, for it is closer than you think. Come. At the very end of Revelation, the scriptures emphasize the return of the Lord and coming quickly. Jesus said it himself, I'm coming quickly. And if that wasn't enough, he put the word surely and amen at the end of that. Surely I am coming. You can count on it. There is an assurity, Jesus is saying, that I am coming. And then he sealed it by saying amen, which is let it be so. Oh, my friends, there is a surety that Jesus is coming quickly. And he said, let it be so. And we say, let it be so. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Verse 20, even so, come, Lord Jesus. That was a common saying of the uh, early church. It was an ancient prayer of the early church. It is the Greek word Maranatha. How many have heard that before? It is the earliest of Christian vocabulary, an ancient prayer, and it means, Oh Lord, come. Come, Lord. Why is it so important? Because it keeps us on our toes spiritually. It was like a greeting. I said, hi, Bob, how you doing? So glad to see you. Maranatha. Come, Lord. Oh, come, Lord. And he said, bye, I'll see you later. It was, oh, come, Lord. For there might not be a time when we will meet again, but the Lord is going to come. Yes. Keeps us on our toes spiritually. But more than that, if we really believe that the Lord can come quickly and suddenly, what does that do? It puts a burden upon us to let people know. Look at your neighbor and say, Maranatha. Oh, Lord, come. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. There's not a time for the church to hunker in the bunker as we did in 2020. God forgive us. It is not a time for us to twiddle our thumbs till Jesus comes. 